All right, welcome to the Dotpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. And today I have a topic that I'm really excited to talk about, a guest, Peter Urich, who has written a book about finances, but to teach our young people um, through using sports, which I think is so smart and so on point because it's really hard to reach kids um, with topics like finance. And so I think we're gonna have a great podcast today, uh, Pete, so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, Alex. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, before we talk about the book and what it's about and financial literacy, and I, I, would, I definitely wanna dig into your background as well as um, your co-author and the story of, you know, how you guys chose that, uh, um, that metaphor and specifically soccer or football for those of you who are from around the world, you know. Um, but I want to talk about your uh, background. I know you're a teacher, but uh, before that, like growing up, was finances something that you found difficult? Uh, finances was basically something that was, for the most part, never spoken about. You know, I grew up in the 70s and 80s. So, you know, you didn't talk about money, especially outside of the house and inside of the house, you know, two parents and, you know, both working you know, that that line between blue collar and white collar. And so it was for the most part all about, you know, just doing what you could with what you had. And, you know, my parents were extremely supportive of us. I have three brothers, so, oh, you know, nice. they were always doing the best that they could with uh, what they had. But for the most part, it was never a situation where it was like, here's what you're supposed to do with money. It was money was a thing that, you know, we needed in order to, you know, pay the bills and all of that stuff. It was never really a, a thought of, well, how do you grow your money or, or what do you do with it? And that's, you know, one of the reasons why this book ended up becoming a, a project of mine. Fantastic. That, that makes total sense. You know, you wonder, you know, um, could it be done differently? Because I, I, it's been my experience. I don't know if you're a, um, is the same, Pete. And I talk to a lot of our listeners who are entrepreneurs, business owners, people who have chosen a, a different path, you know? Um, and it it's like the same story over and over because even in business, one of the reasons most people fail is because of a lack of learning how to manage finances. And by the way, I, I'm guilty of that. Um, early in my entrepreneurial journey, it, it just didn't seem... It, it didn't matter how much money I brought in. I mean, I had a one business in the early 2000s that by the third year in business, I was doing over a million in revenue. My wife quit her job, came to work with me, but I was just making all the wrong decisions, you know, with the money piece of it. And at that time, Pete, I, I made it to my business to really go understand the bookkeeping, accounting, balance sheets, all the income statements, all the stuff in business that I talk about here on the podcast. And I... And so I find that whether whether it's a young person we're talking to, uh, you know, college student or business owner, we could all learn more from you know financial, uh, uh, you know, how how to really manage your finances because it's hard. I think it's as hard to manage your money as it is to make it. Yeah, and and one of the reasons why the book came into fruition is because I read the book um, "Rich Dad Poor Dad" by uh, Oh my gosh, Kiyosaki. Yeah, Robert Kiyosaki. And one of the things that he talks about in there is, you know, you you really need to learn skills like uh, accounting, et cetera, et cetera. And I really didn't have the experience in it. And my best friend, who is my co-author, uh, is a CPA. Oh, now is now is it works in uh, in the financial planning uh, area. But 
you know, I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to learn how to do any of these skills, who better to talk to me about it than my best friend? So we started having an initial conversation just around, you know, finance and accounting and things like that. And, you know, I'm talking to my best friend. We met in college. We played soccer together, you know, just absolute love the guy. And we're talking about it. And I'm like, you know, how could, how could I make this even better? You know, this is a dry topic, but how could I like relate this to my own kids? Because I thought that was really important. And I said, all right, well, what I'll do is if I could relate it to soccer, which is something that he and I both love, then I think I could make the topic just that much more interesting for me at the moment. And then in the future for my own kids and whomever else. And that's where the idea of the book sprang out of because of the fact that we both love soccer so much, it was like, all right, well, this actually could work as a way to, you know, teach young people how finances work because, you know, as a teacher myself, it's, it's not usually about the content. It's what's the vehicle that you can get in order to get, the kids to buy into enough to understand the material. They are all capable of learning. It's whether or not you, you put it in the right uh, fashion for them. You know, it's like marketing and sales, you know, regardless of whether you're in sales or marketing, you're in sales or marketing, you know, even as a teacher. (laughs) It's very true. It's, it truly is how you present it. I always tell my kids that too. It's like, you know, if you look at, you know, a fast food joint, uh, that 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 has thousands of locations. They don't sell definitely the best burger by any means. Mm-hmm. But how come they make the most money, right? It's, yep. it's the it's the marketing machine. It's how they present it, no doubt. And then you have the one down the road sells it for about the same price. Really amazing food, but they're struggling to grow, which kind of really ties back into what I was saying. You know, um, what there are thirty two plus million small businesses in the U.S. The majority of those are solopreneurs. The failure rate, I mean, we're all aware of those with the SBA statistics. And and to me, it's it's the thing that is missing from our economy and from school. You know, I go and talk at schools and um every like you're saying, you know, whether it's social media, TikTok, whatever the 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 shiny object is at the moment, gaming. The kids are interested in those things. So how do you how do you build that bridge? So when when I saw your book and the way you guys bridge that metaphor, which I mean, every, most most kids love sports, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's an easy way to do that. So talk to us about the book. How long did it take for you guys to write it? What kind of research did you do it? Did you did you get any feedback from the kids that you teach on a daily basis? So talk to us about yeah, that. Yeah, so basically uh, the book took almost a year and a half to two years to to write slash edit and all of that stuff. Okay. Way longer than we ever anticipated. We We started it during the pandemic, and that was one of the reasons why the project started off is because of the fact that we both had a little bit of extra time. And for the most part, you know, the uh, the financial knowledge is coming from my co-author. He's a financial planner. He's a CPA. He handled that part. My job was the metaphor, the writing, because, you know, I've written two books before. And, you know, as a teacher and coach, uh, I'm always thinking about, you know, the younger generation. 
obviously it's not that I don't care about adults. It's the fact that <laughs> I, I really, I, I looking at my own kids and then the kids that I teach, it's like, I've stepped in these potholes so many times. I would like for you to avoid these potholes. <laughs> and, so, and so that's what uh, ends up being like usually my motivation, but that was the uh, process of where the book came from. And then, you know, obviously the, the writing of it took a long, t a long period of time because of the fact that a we had to get it edited. Um, I've written two, the other two books that I wrote, I wrote and edited and and uh, you know basically marketed them myself. Oh, and wow. we we wanted this to be like an actually you know good product that when you know somebody looks at it, it's attractive to the eye and all that stuff. Uh, and then with regards to you know the explanation of everything we needed to break it down so that we could make it about as simple as we possibly could you know any kid who's played soccer before and you know you referred to sports we're going to do a football american football version next and then basketball so it's truly meant to be part of a series of we're not just looking to hit the soccer fans we're looking to hit any kid who plays sports and loves sports can understand finances just that much better by you know oh you you like football all right, or soccer or basketball, we've got the book for you in order to help you out. And so that that's where this whole entire thing came from and, and how it kind of progressed over the last, again, about two years or so. Well, that's brilliant, you know, because I think you are meeting these kids in their favorite place, you know, millions of kids playing sports, whether it's, um, you know, recreational or competitive and I guess I can even make a case for the fact that the the kids who at any level K through 12 um, who are involved in sports, we could actually make a case, right, Pete, that maybe they even have less time than the average kid. Because if you're if you're playing, you're, you're going to practice, you're a coach, you know, they're, they're two, three, four, five days a week, or it's something that they love. They're not going to stop those five, 10 hours a week to go read a book or listen mm -hmm. to a podcast about financial literacy. So I feel like the way you're doing it and weaving in their favorite sports and the analogies is super smart. So tell us like at the most basic level, give us some examples of those analogies and or metaphors that you have used where our listeners can go, okay, I know what he's talking about. Okay, so you know some of the most basic ones, um, I grew up in the 1980s uh, and 70s, so the, the time of like possessions. It was all about, you know, having stuff. And one mm -hmm. of the first chapters that we have, or one of the first sections is possession, not possessions. It's if you think of, you know, some of the best soccer teams that you've had in the last 20 years, Barcelona is one of the ones that jumps to mind. And one of mm -hmm. the things that Barcelona did in particular, and Man City is doing now again under Pep Guardiola is they keep the ball longer than anybody else. They, Barcelona was known to have 75, 80% possession of the ball. And if you have the ball, the other team can't score. So the whole entire idea was, all right, well, keeping your money within your own team. So all of the players on your team are asset classes. So your goalkeeper is, you know, your income uh income place, you know, whether it's your job or whatever, uh, you've got the back line, which is your defense. It's things like insurance and things like that. Your midfield is going to be your slow moving forward, uh, 
you know, assets such as like your home purchase or something along mm -hmm. those lines. And then your forward line, which is the ones that everybody gets excited about. That's owning businesses. That's your stocks and uh, high yield stocks and things like that. And so recognizing the fact that breaking it down into, all right, well, I want to keep the ball, my money, as much as I possibly can, 80% of of my money should stay in my pocket if I can make that happen. And just the pure recognition of, all right, I have this amount of money coming in, where am I putting it? And a lot of times that's the thing that people aren't even paying attention to. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, recognizing the fact that I just got my paycheck, whatever that amount is, and they're just giving it away to the other team. You know, uh, the defender that we can't do anything about is like taxes. Yeah, you're going to have to pay taxes, but there are certain things that you don't need to be paying for putting your money into the other team because the other team almost never gives you the ball back <laughs> in, in the monetary world. So recognizing the fact that as you are moving the your money around, making sure that you're keeping it in your own team as much as possible. And the average American doesn't have anything more than their defensive line. They usually have insurance. They usually have a bank account and things like that, but they're not doing anything to really move themselves forward. They're just trying to defend what they already have. And that's probably the, the one thing that I think was most eye-opening, or at least for me, the metaphor I hope will open people's eyes to the fact that you know what? I have I have a bank account. I have these things, but all of those are just defensive. They're just keeping me where I am. If I want to move forward, I need to put a certain amount into this area or that area. And everybody knows, you know, Lionel Messi, Ronaldo, those guys, they're the high ticket uh, players because of the fact that they're forwards. They're the one that get you to the goal. And that's the same thing that we're trying to do here with the book and everything. It's if we want to move you forward towards your goals, then you need to have a way to get there. And usually that's going to be a forward or a, a midfield player, which is going to be those either slow growth and recognize that you're in a slow growth thing, or you're getting the forwards and you recognize that you're taking some risk with that. Yeah, I was just thinking about for a lot of the young people, especially during the pandemic where Robinhood and Stash and some of those apps like blew up um, and people were making bad decisions with cryptocurrency, you know, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, and stuff like that. And uh, where where does that? Are, well, let me ask you this first, because obviously you should have your. I'm sure you have your thumb on the pulse working with kids. Are are the kids who have a better understanding of, you know, managing finances, are they more likely to invest in these new asset classes like cryptocurrency? Or, or are they listening more to the traditional route, you know, mutual funds, stocks, things like that? I, I think that the average kid that you're talking to is usually going to be more aware and think more in line of the cryptocurrency, the, you know, get rich quick, quick. <laughs> type of uh, situation because of the fact that at this moment in time, they're in this safety net of their parents' house right. and everything like that. You, so they don't have to worry about the downside. And that's, you know, that's, again, one of the reasons why we went with the metaphor and uh, we use a player to like personify each of the asset classes, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, stocks or bonds or your house purchase or or insurance or whatever. We ha we put a player in there that they would probably recognize and right. seeing, you know, 
originally we were going to use um, Marco Balotelli, and I, I don't know if you would remember him. He was the Italian with the yep. crazy ha yep. colored hair and everything. But he's a great player to buy for the goals, but you also got to deal with the negative side of he had a tendency to get red cards. He had a tendency to get thrown out of games. Right. And, and the volatility and hopefully that a, a, a young player or a young person who's reading the book understands the fact that, okay, I can, I can sign, you know, this player for X amount of money, but I've got to take the positive with the negative. You're going to get goals, but you're also going to get red cards. You're also going to have this, uh, these scandals off the, off the pitch and everything like that. So recognizing that through the player, because as, as soon as you make it about like this, you know, concept that they don't fully understand yet is money. They know what money is to them. It's the thing that they need in order to buy whatever they want. But right now it's mom and dad's money. And that's really easy. It gets a lot more difficult when it's their own money. But we talk about that as well. Uh, if you're a you know 21 year old kid living with your parents, you can probably buy that forward moving type of asset because of the fact that you are living with your parents. And if you want to take that risk, by all means, but then recognize the fact that if it all goes sideways, then you're you're going to be in a situation where you might be living with your parents a little bit longer than you want to. It's so, it's so interesting too, right, Pete? Because um, with with the colleges, the two things that I see that they don't do don't do well. Uh, we worked with a college more than seven years ago to help their incoming freshmen, um, not only with career. Um, guidance, but also with financial literacy. It was a pretty unique thing because the college realized that those two things were the, the, the those were the two areas where the kids were leaving with the least amount of help. It was like I graduate like next semester, where am I gonna work? Like 80% of those kids are weren't even doing a uh, an internship. They just thought we'll graduate and I'll look for a job then. Maybe they're doing a part-time, but not serious. So <clears throat> career guidance is important, but but also talking about their financial like management of everything that they do. And you, we found out how little they knew about that. So I started working with Junior Achievement and other organizations. That really starts the kids at like K at like kindergarten level, you know, with a checking account, and um, and then of course you know teaching them about the red flags like credit cards. So thinking about credit cards. Where does credit cards fall? I have to imagine it's the bench, right? <laughs> the credit cards are on the uh, on the other team. So basically, anytime that you've got the ball, you're trying to keep it in your team and keep it away from the other team. So, you know, things like taxes, things like credit cards, things got it, liabilities. You know, yeah, exactly. Those are going to be your liabilities, and you're trying to avoid using those as much as possible. You know, avo avoid giving the ball away to the other team as as much as you possibly can. And hopefully you're, again, keeping the ball in your own team in positions that are going to help it grow. You know, it's fine to put your uh, your money into your checking account, but that's not going anywhere. You know, you're not moving yourself forward uh, by putting your money into your checking account. You're just holding it there. That's more of a defensive type of position. So it's, it's moving yourself sense. forward. And, you know, again, one of the metaphors that we also used was the idea of the season. So I don't know if you're how much of a soccer fan you are, yes. but um, in most of the leagues in around the world and the ones that we have a tendency to, uh, to focus on a little bit is the EPL because it's the most popular league at the moment, uh, the English premier league. 
all of the other leagues in England, except for the top league, the EPL, have a uh, total of 24 teams, which means that 24 teams, they play a total of 46 games over the season. All right, well, if you do the math really quickly, 46 games, if you were a 22-year-old person, 40 plus 46, that gets you to 68. Wait a minute, that's retirement age. So we're what we did was we broke each you know, game in air quotes as a year of your life. So if you're a 22 year old kid and you recognize the fact that, okay, I need to take care of my finances. All right. At the beginning of the year, I had this at the end of the year, I have this. Did you win this year or did you lose this year? You know, did you, did you keep more money than you gave away or did you give away more money than you, than you kept? And everybody's goals are going to be different. Some people are going to look at, you know, that even balance sheet as, okay, well, that's a loss versus I want a whole bunch of growth because, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as we are trying to explain finances, one of the things that you need to recognize is this is not 100% advice. There's no like, you need to do this because everybody's goals are different. You know, the, the kid who's 22 years old, who is just getting out of college has very, very different goals from me. Who's 48 years old and I've got two kids and everything like that. I can't go with the same strategies. So what we do is we lay out the metaphor, we lay out all of the possibilities and then you've got to decide. And that's one of the things that we talk about there as well Is you're the manager. You need to make the decisions about what it is that you're going to do with your money, because it's fine for, you know, any person on, you know, a a TV show or on, on TikTok or something like that to say, invest in cryptocurrency. Yeah, that's great for them to do, but is that the right thing for you? So, right. you know, as much as we are explaining finance, we're not giving 100% advice because that would be a foolish thing to do. Because as soon as you tell, you know, a 48 year old uh, person with two kids, yes, put all your money into cryptocurrency. That's a, that's just a bad strategy. Absolutely. Interestingly enough, um, I when I was, let's see, right before I went away to college, so this was 99, um, I went to a seminar, one of those real estate seminars, Pete. Yep. And it was Carlton Sheets and I don't know, like two other guys and Robert Kiyosaki. And it was like, hey, invest in here. Of course, I, I read all those books and I was just starting out in college and I'm like, this is great. These guys give great advice. I'm going to go meet them, enroll in their program, and I get in there. Thankfully, I was smart enough to see the scam that they were running because it truly is a sort of a scam. And I, I, again, I'm not trying to, you know, tell anybody they shouldn't read those guys' books because they, they, they say one message, but they do another. I ended up getting my money back. I think it was like $4,000 to enroll in this program where then... All they do is, you know, use the financing that you're looking, then they get a cut from the house and you're, I was like, I can't believe I got scammed. But anyways, I ended up getting my money back. And I always tell everybody that story because they say, I said, this guy, Robert Kiyosaki wrote, I mean, sold millions of books yet he was running this thing. And now I see him on TV talking about the end of the world with money and inflation. And I'm like, it's just so interesting. And the reason I want to bring that up, Pete, is because guys like you and I um, who are, you know, just doing it for the right reasons, you know, you're not out here trying to give anybody advice or say enroll in my program or buy this or buy that. You're just really giving solid advice. And then, you know, 
but that's not the case for a lot of these people that we see on YouTube, on mm. TikTok. And I talk about this often in the podcast, especially to my friends and other people who have kids. I'm like, there's so many people out there that are just trying to take advantage of it. There's so much inaccurate, false information. And it's not to be doom and gloom, but there, there just is because the platforms don't care. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, so when we come across a, a, a body of work like yours, you and your co-founder, where you have solid advice that isn't then saying, now that you read this, register here, get the course, buy this, <laughs> buy that. It's like, I was looking for money advice, not for you to take my money from me. I think that mm -hmm. that's the first thing. So, you know, yep. really hats off to you. Now, talk to me real quickly about, you know, um, I have to imagine the the metaphor of like coaching and then financial planning, because if you're coaching, it takes a lot of planning and a lot of research and time and right. And financial planning is sort of the same, right? You can't just imagine that everything is going to happen on its own. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about that. So, I mean, basically the, that's, again, going back to the metaphor of being the manager, it's like your job is to make the decisions about what it is that you're looking to do. And those decisions are going to change over time. That's why the idea of the season being 46 years is so important because of the fact that we lay out the idea that, all right, you're, you know, again, being a soccer person, the usual formation is something like, you know, a lot of teams run a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2 or something like that. Well, depending on, you know, where you are in life, you could run a, you know, and it doesn't have to add up to 10 or 11 players in the out outfield. It's like you could be running a 2-10. You, yeah. you could be running a, a thing where you have two uh, asset classes that are defensive and then 10 up front. But those are the types of things that you need to decide in your idea of, you know, financial planning. It's what is your goal for this particular game? You know, you're early off in your career. You can take a lot of risk. What are you going to do with your assets this year? And then over time, it becomes a thing of, all right, well, you're not in your 20s anymore. You know, you're you're into your 30s. You're, you have a family or you're planning on having a family those are things that you have to take into consideration because the game plan is not going to be the same no. for the entire 46 years. You know, you cannot just continue with that two and 10 uh, type of asset allocation. So you end up probably becoming more defensive for a, a little while and slow growth and things like that. And so recognizing the difference between where you are in your, in air quotes, season of life it becomes really important to do the planning beforehand because otherwise you're just running into uh, issues. All right, Pete, listen. So before we close out today's podcast episode, I'd love for you to just wrap it up with some great insights or advice that you would give parents who are looking to help their kids learn about, uh, you know, finances. Yeah. Well, ultimately what we're probably going to end up doing is in the club soccer culture that we have here in the U S Chris and I are planning on going out to, clubs and giving two separate uh, presentations. I'll be talking to the kids. He'll be talking to the parents. And basically the kids presentation is going to be more about, I do a lot of things with like motivation and, and, mm -hmm. you know, self-discovery and things like that and self-reliance. So I'll talk to them about game preparation and things like that. Things that they actually care about at this moment. He'll be talking to the parents about, here's the metaphor. This is what we're talking about with regards to finances. And giving the kids 
a lesson through their parents. So the parents actually are going to end up being the ones who have the resources and say, okay, I get what these guys are trying to do. And now I can disseminate out to my kids how this is uh, going to work. Now, if, if we go out to colleges, which is another plan that we have, we'll also talk to, you know, 22 year olds about this uh, situation, but ultimately that's our, that's our plan. And the book is available on Amazon and we have a website where it uh, gets you there, but ultimately that's our plan of attack is we want to give the education out to as many people as we possibly can in order to hopefully, you know, do a little bit of financial literacy throughout the country. I love it. I love it, Pete, you, you and your co-founder, congrats on all the success. And I, I think that you guys are on to something big by doing it sport, one sport at a time. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. I really appreciate it.